This is Pastor Mike, and I want to welcome you to the Life Fellowship Podcast. I know that the trials of each of you experience can often feel overwhelming, and at those times, the enemy tries to bring discouragement into your life. Remember that in John 16, Jesus tells us to be of good cheer because he has overcome the world. Today, as you listen, I pray that God's word ministers to you and that the power of the Holy Spirit deposits joy and peace into your situation. Have you ever wondered in your life if God could really turn things around? I mean, it seems like so many times that we struggle with the same thing and this, the, the same family struggle, the same this struggle, the same that struggle. It may get a little better here and there, but has anybody ever just wondered, God, will you ever change it? God, do I really, is destiny how many of you would just like to know I've got destiny in God? I mean, you would like to know this is where I'm going. But you just wonder, God, is there, how can I get there? Because I'm here. And I want to preach a, preach a message to you today called Destiny in a Day. Do you realize that God can change your situation in just one day? If you really think about it, Jesus went to the cross and in just one day, he finished it all. He brought victory for you and I. I want to share just a little story this morning as I get started. Rosa Parks first met city bus driver James Blake in November of 1943. Upon paying her fare, Mr. Blake instructed her to exit the bus and come uh, and out of the back door. And out of embarrassment and disgust, she exited the bus and decided to wait for the next one to come. And she told herself that day that she would never, ever attempt it again because she had failed. Has anybody ever been embarrassed because you failed? Years went by and Rosa found herself enjoying a day of Christmas shopping 12 years later on December the 1st, 1955. She decides she's, her arms are full of packages and she decides, you know what, I'm not walking home today. I'm going to take the bus. She hadn't gotten on a bus in 12 years. She's in a whole different part of town than she was in before when her incident happened with James Blake. So she gets to the bus stop and the doors open but who is seated at the wheel but James Blake can I tell you that God is insistent that you repeat the test that you fail because he is excited to see you achieve beyond she gets on the bus and all of you know that story. While reading her obituary, one will quickly realize that she will go down in history as one who allowed the decision of that one day, that one day to chart her destiny. 
I dare say that if I had asked all of you this morning, name the bus driver, most people wouldn't have been able to name the bus driver. But if I had said, I'm going to mention a famous lady, I'm going to give you her first name, Rosa, everybody could have spit out Parks immediately. She changed destiny in just a day. She's the mother of equality for all. Really, not just, not just African Americans, but she stood for the equality for all people. Listen to this. In 1999, she was awarded the Congressional Gold Medal, which is equivalent to the Medal of Honor. It's the highest award given to civilians of the likes George Washington, Thomas Edison, and Betty Ford received the same award. On her death in October 24, 2005, she was the first woman to ever lie in state. The first woman ever to lie in state and only 32 people in the history of the United States has their cassettes been brought to lie in state. What a legacy that she leaves. James F. Blake's obituary simply reads, James F. Blake, bus driver, born 1913, died March 2002. God can change your destiny in just one day. But it takes one thing. It takes some motivation. It takes some stick to Not sure if that's a word, but I like it. It takes something to push through. We have to be careful not to let the comfort of normalcy stop our quest for God's best. It's easy to settle with a this is just how it is mentality. How many of us have made that comment? Well, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm praying this, I'm praying that, but you know, this is just how it is. When your comfort zone begins to carry more weight than obtaining God's destiny in your life, your comfort makes you a dysfunctional person. See, we would normally think that people that are operating outside of the box are a little dysfunctional. But actually, it's those who insist on staying inside the box that are dysfunctional. Oh, that just wrecks everybody's theology, I know. It's not the ones that are acting crazy and have purple hair and want to jump and shout, but it's the rest of us that are dysfunctional. And I want to share just several biblical references with you this morning pertaining to destiny in a day. Abraham chapter 12. Now the, verse 1 said, Now the Lord had said to Abraham, Get out of your country. Get away from your family from your father's house to the land that I will show you and I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great and you shall be a blessing. If we go back to Genesis chapter 11, we'll notice in verse 31, it says, And Terah 
took his son Abram and his grandson Lot, the son of Haran, and his daughter-in-law Sarai, his son Abram's wife, and they went out from them, from Ur of the Chaldeans, to go to the land of Canaan. And they came to Haran and dwelt there. And so the days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. He died there at 205 years old. If you read that entire text, you will find out that he was on his way to the land of Canaan. He was, Ace is Abraham's daddy I'm talking about. He was on his way to the land of Canaan. But the Bible says he came to a place and he dwelt there and his story ends really abruptly. It says, and he died there. And I want to tell you, we have a lot of people that are servants of the Most High God that set out on their quest to do something great for the Lord. They feel encouraged in their spirit to push through and do something great for God, but they come to a place where they just settle. And many will die in that place and never go any further. That story continues in uh, Genesis 12. The Bible, if you research this story, Abraham had lived there about five years in Haran. His daddy is dead and he's been living there five years. And I want to tell you, five years is long enough to take roots somewhere. Uh, Emily will tell you that she feels that Louisiana is more her home than Virginia because her her uh middle school and high school years were spent in Louisiana. We were there uh, five and a half, six years. So she feels that, that that's more of her home. In five years, you feel rooted in a place. And Abraham gets to this place that his daddy brought him to. And all of a sudden, God speaks. And he says, Abraham, I want you to break camp. I want you to get out of this place. I, I want you to break the culture of your family. What a great example of how we can let miscalculations and mistakes in the family tree dictate what we do for the Lord. And I want to tell you this morning in this place, whatever's taking place in your family should not be dictating what you do today for the Lord. Because the Lord Jesus Christ has conquered all, he's finished all, and he's provided a way for you to be victorious in this life. I don't care what's in your family tree. God speaks to Abraham. He said, I want you to get out of your father's house. In other words, he's saying, listen, you've got to break the traditions that your family set. And I'm saying to this church this morning, some of you may have some traditions in your family that you need to break. It don't mean that your mama, your grandma, your granddaddy, or anybody else was a bad person, but it does mean that some of the things they had that were traditions, you may need to break in your life. Dalton was talking about engaging us in praise and worship this morning. Maybe a family tradition has been to you sit back and be reserved. Well, I want to tell you, God wants to break that off of your life where some excitement comes into you and you begin to lift up your hands and you begin to praise the King of kings and the Lord of lords. He said, I want you to get out of your father's house. Abraham, there are many things that in your father's house that are keeping you from going where I desire to take you. 
God wants you to push further than your family pushed. I don't care what roots you have. God wants you to push further. Well, pastor, you just don't understand how difficult it is to break family culture. Let, let's, let's be honest. It's tough to break family culture. Come on. Listen, some of you need to recognize that God has a culture just for you. It's a culture that is grounded in his work, in his wisdom, in his word. He's got something just for you to do, and it you need to do everything you can to break culture of your family and the traditions that may hold you back and say, God, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to go all in for you. Well, pastor, it's just hard. It'll be a hard fight. Well, then you need to fight like you the third monkey trying to get on Noah's ark. I don't know. I don't know. It It just seemed to work. I don't know. Man, I've got a visual of that in my mind. That dude was scratching at the door saying, let me in. Come on, how serious can we get about saying, God, I'm not willing to stay here. I know that you are going somewhere that I'm not at, and I'm willing to do what it takes to go all in for you. What takeaways can we have from Abraham's story? We need to break your family culture and traditions. Break containment in your life. Just because it's always been done that way or said that way or it's what everybody's always done doesn't mean it has to continue to be that way. Break the containment of your family traditions. The second story I want to bring to you this morning is one about Moses in Exodus chapter 3, verses 3 and 4. Many of you know this story. Moses, is he's supposed to be a prince living in Egypt. But he's killed somebody and he's, he's been exiled to the desert. Now he's living with a, with a fellow that has a lot of sheep. He's married one of his daughters. And he spent 40 years as a shepherd. And in, in Exodus chapter, I almost said in Moses chapter 3. But in Exodus chapter 3, in Exodus chapter 3, verse 3 and 4. It says, then Moses said, This is God has revealed the burning bush to Moses. He says, then Moses said, I will turn aside and see this great sight. Why the bush does not burn. And listen to this next verse. I I, I promise you I've never paid attention to this until this week. So when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside to look, God called to him from the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. Moses had been in the desert many years, and if you'll study the history of that, it was not uncommon to see a bush catch on fire. What was uncommon was the fact that this bush was not burning up. So God was giving Moses a sign to pull him aside and get his attention. And it just struck me this week, how many times has God tried to get my attention that I've went on about business as usual? When God had a burning bush experience for me. But in my quest for normalcy and everything working just right, I 
pushed it to the side and, oh, that's, that's, that's nice, that's neat. And it just go on about my business and I missed out on having destiny revealed in a day. How many times in your life has God allowed an event to take place that you did not recognize it was the hand of God? The Bible says that Moses said, I am going to turn aside to look and see what this is all about. And God called to Moses. We say we're waiting on God. Maybe God is waiting on us to turn aside. Are you so busy in your quest for normalcy that you don't have time to turn aside? Moses had become comfortable as a shepherd. But inside of him, there was a quest for more. He knew he was called to be the prince of of Egypt and the leader of the Israelites. He, He knew that. But he finds himself stuck in a desert season. It's important that you recognize when God is speaking to you or giving you a sign in your life that he's about to reveal destiny to you. The Bible tells us that Moses led approximately 2.4 million people out of Egypt. Can I tell you that the one event that you push aside, that the the destiny of 2.4 million people may be at stake. All because you disregard. Can I tell you something about the Holy Spirit? See, what, what we're looking for most of the time is for him to have a bucket about as heavy as this one and get it way back here and just to smack us. I'm glad that handle didn't break. But the Holy Spirit is gentle. He didn't take the bush and beat Moses over the head and catch his Aquanet hairspray on fire. I can tell which one of y'all grew up in the 80s. But he's, Moses turned aside to see the bush. And God is saying, if you would just turn aside when I'm revealing the little things in life to you, there is a destiny that awaits you. And the salvation of millions of people could be at stake. Moses begins to dialogue with the Lord. I'm not going to take time this morning to read this whole story. But God tells Moses, hey, buddy, don't worry about the details. And can I tell you something in your life? Stop worrying about the details. That's the first thing the enemy tries to throw up in our face when God begins to call you out and lead a small group or teach a class or this or that. The enemy begins to throw up all the details and God said to Moses, don't worry about the details because I am that I am. In other words, I can take you where I want to take you. I can open the sea. I, I can make anything happen that needs to happen to get you to where you need to go with me. Moses said to the Lord, well, God, who am I? In chapter 3, verse 11, after God has explained to him what he's going to do, Moses says, God, who am I? Can I tell you that when you fail to turn aside and see the hand of God moving in your everyday life, you can forget your identity in Christ. Ephesians 1.7 tells me that I am a product 
of the riches of his grace that I am redeemed by the blood of Jesus and that I am forgiven of every offense. That's who I am. Philippians 4.13 says that I can now do all things through who? Through Christ who strengthens me. That's who I am. Church, don't forget your identity this morning. You are called according to his purpose. You are anointed for the season. God has given you the tools that you need to accomplish something for him. But this is, this is where we get when we've lived a life like Moses. Look, Moses had a hard, hard trek. I mean, he, well, Lord, I can just hear it. Lord, you know, even before that palace deal, they took me and threw me in the river and I just barely survived getting eaten by crocodiles. And then, then, Lord, I had two mothers. One was jealous of the other. Lord, it was just a mess. And then I, I kind of got it together. And, and, and then, I, you know, I saw, God, that man, he was hurting your people. And, God, I did what I thought I should do. And now, look, I, it caused me to live in a desert experience, God. I've been living in the desert for 40 years. God, just call some, Lord, you look at me, God. Poor old pitiful me. Lord, I'm a mess. I messed up. I, I, I'm a wreck. Poor, pitiful me. And I want to tell you what God did not do. He didn't look down at Moses and say, bless your little heart. I'm re reminded of a scene from the movie Black Hawk Down. And they were in an alleyway and they were trying to lead these true stories. Some of you seen the movie. You trying to? They were trying to lead the trucks back out of the convoy, and they were just getting bullets thrown at them left and right. Many casualties were being taken, and there was this certain major that was in the truck, and several of the men had been killed, and they were trying. This truck was blocking the alleyway for everybody else to get to freedom. And finally, the colonel says to, the, to a sergeant that was in his Humvee, he said, get in the truck and start down the road. And the sergeant looks at him. And this is a true story. I watched an interview with, this, with these men. And the sergeant looked at him with tears in his eyes and blood covering him. He said, but sir, I've been shot. To which the colonel, the ranger colonel turns and looks at him. He said, son, we've all been shot. Get in the truck and drive. And I want to tell you, that's what God is saying to us this morning. Listen, we've all got a story. We've all suffered. We've all made mistakes. But God is saying, get in the truck and drive because there is a harvest that awaits and it depends on you. We've all got a story. Destiny in a day. Don't focus What's the takeaway on Moses' story? Don't get sidetracked in your desert experience. Even Jesus experienced desert seasons. If you look in one moment, he was in a dove experience. The Bible says that John the Baptist baptized Jesus and heaven opened up and a dove came down and the Father actually spoke audibly. And I'd have to look back, I don't know, if that's happened many times in Scripture, that people around, as far as we can tell, heard the Father say, 
This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Can you imagine what that felt like for Jesus, the man? No, and Knowing that the Father had opened heaven and looked down and said, this is my beloved Son. I mean, I just want to tell you all this morning, it's not probably not going to happen, but if this roof was to open up and the Father from heaven spoke, this is one of my children in whom I'm pleased, I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to get excited. Y'all not going to be able to contain me. Jesus had an exciting Dove experience. But if you'll look just a few moments later, the Bible says he was led away into a desert experience. And your Christian walk will be a series of dove and desert experiences. And don't get sidetracked in the desert because God always brings deliverance to his children. Don't get sidetracked. Don't allow the, the vortex of the mundane to suck you away from what God's called you to do. Don't focus on what's been lost or what's behind because God's destiny still awaits. Then the third person, I, I'm going to close here pretty quick. But Mary, I thought about Mary, the mother of Jesus, talking about destiny in a day. Mary is minding her own business going through. I'm not going to take time to read the scripture. It's in Luke Chapter 2, but if you look at Mary, she's minding her own business. She's walking through life. She's just a little village girl doing her thing in a small town. And all of a sudden, she gets contacted by the heavenly host. She says, hey, Mary, we got something we need you to do. And Mary had a choice to make. She could have said no, but if you'll read, I, I believe it's in verse, I may even have it wrote down here, in verse 32, I believe, of that story. 38, Mary said, I'll tell you what, let it be according to your word. I'll do it. I don't know how I'm going to pull it off. I don't know how I'm going to explain it to Moses. I don't know how I'm going to explain it to my mama and my daddy. I don't know how I'm going to explain it to my girlfriend. I don't know who is going to understand it, but I want to tell you I'll do it. And church, I want to tell you God is looking for somebody that doesn't ask so many, has more doing in them than asking questions. God says, I can figure out the details. Listen, if it's God's plan, it's up to him to figure out the details. Your details Details can't cover God's plan. Your mind is not sharp enough to cover the plan of God. You couldn't orchestrate the details it takes to pull off great destiny in God. Mary answered the call. Being considered for the call is a quickly fading memory. Some of us may have been excited, well, I was considered for something in the church, but what did we do? For the Lord. Mary was a doer. The last person I'm going to mention is Peter. Eric, if you'd come. Peter was a brash, dysfunctional disciple that couldn't keep it together for very long. Can anybody relate? Come on, church. Praise God for stories like Peter. He was a walking train wreck most of the time. But he loved God. Mm. I can remember when in 
the scripture when Jesus said, who am I? You remember Peter's the one that said, you're the Christ. Jesus says, that's been revealed to you, Peter. Can I tell you something? Just because you're a dysfunctional mess doesn't mean that God can't reveal himself to you. God's more interested in your heart. If you wait till you get all of your junk straight, you will never... Oh, help me, Jesus. You know where your pastor would be today if I wait, waited till I had all of my junk together? I'd be in Danville, Virginia. I'd be going through the same mundane routine. I'd be going to the office every week. I'd be doing my same old thing if I had waited till I got all of my stuff together before I said, you know what, God, I don't have it all together, but I'll give you my heart. And see, if God can have your heart in ministry, He'll work on the rest of that. I got, I got to say it. You know, why, you know why some people don't tithe and give? Because God doesn't have their heart. If you don't tithe and give, God does not completely have your heart. That wasn't in my notes. It was for free. If you don't step out on what seems to be nothing like Peter. If I were to ask everybody this morning, tell me something about Peter. Just about the first thing everybody was going to say is he walked on water. Isn't that amazing? I don't really remember him for denying Christ as much as I do the fact that he walked on Christ. He walked on faith in Christ. He said, Lord, if that's you out there, if that God, if you tell me, I'm going to come. God, even though it's nothing here, even in the natural, this can't be done. God, I'm going to step out on what seems to be nothing and walk on what I know is everything. And church, I want to tell you, he's looking for people that will step out on what seems to be nothing but begin to walk on what you know is everything, and that is Christ and him crucified. Peter hadn't have walked on water. Maybe the Acts 2 experience would even read differently in Scripture. We read that Peter preached a revival immediately after that experience and 3,000 souls came to know the Lord. I find it interesting that this was Peter that just a few weeks earlier was chopping off ears and denying that he even knew the Lord. Can I tell you that just because you've had a bad run, oh, help me, Jesus. I hear the Holy Spirit saying, some of you feel like because you've had a bad run that you've been disqualified. And I'm here to tell you this morning that the Holy Spirit is a qualifier of those who seek the Lord. The Holy Spirit is a qualifier for those who will turn their hearts toward the Lord. I'm not, he's not interested in your bad run. He's interested in you recognizing God can make all things new. He's a qualifier. 
We need men and women today that will recognize that their destiny can be changed in a day. The destiny for your marriage can be changed one day. The destiny for your situation can be changed in one day. Just like Rosa Parks. She went from being a regular little old American girl to the first woman in history to lie in state. And that is one of the greatest honors that this country politically ever gives to anybody to lie in state. One day, one day where she said, you know what, I'm just... I want my own. Has anybody you ever just wanted your own burning bush experience? You've seen other people have them, but you just God, I, I wish I could have my own burning bush experience. But let me ask you this: How many has God put in your path, but you've never turned aside to see? And I want to tell you this morning that in this place. God is looking to raise up a house of leaders. Listen, we can come in. We can talk about the events we've got going on and talk about helping God's pit crew. And we can do this and do that. And we can have good music and everything. But where the rubber really meets the road is what are we willing to do for God? When I was preaching this I thought about that message that Jason preached the other Sunday about managing the realm of risk because when we step out we begin to think listen it's up to God to figure out the details but I want to tell somebody this morning that your bad run has been covered by the blood of Jesus your adultery has been covered by the blood of Jesus. Your failure as a parent has been covered by the blood of Jesus. Whatever your failure is, it's been covered by the blood if you just confess Him and say, God, I put it under your blood today. God, I need you today. God, I want to I wanna change. God, I'm looking for destiny in a day. God, I'm looking for the next burning bush. God, I'm not just going along hoping you'll just dump something on me, but God, I'm actually looking. I'm looking for an opportunity to step in and serve you where I haven't before. Every head bowed and every eye closed in here. I want to ask right now in this place, this morning you have never accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Or maybe you're backslidden and you know today that you just need to rededicate your life to the Lord. Can I tell you, don't let your bad run, don't let the enemy use that to make you feel like you're not worthy of greatness in God. Because he's saying today, I've covered your bad run. But if that's you today and you know that you need to come back to the Lord or you need to give your heart to Him,
Would you just slip up every slip up your hand, every head bowed and every eye closed in this place? Wait just a moment. I see one. Anybody else? Anybody else this morning? Anybody else? Now I want to ask this question. How many of you this morning would be honest enough? I'm gonna say that again. How many would be honest enough? say, you know, Pastor, I can relate to Abraham or Moses or Mary or Peter. God, to, to any of those stories, I can relate and I have worried about the details. I've worried about my past. I've worried about what people would think. But I want to do more for the Lord and I know He's calling me to do more. And even though I don't even know Listen, he told Abraham, he said, don't worry about which way to go. I'll just show you along the way. You may not even know where to start. Can I tell you that he, I'll tell you where to start. Right in your pew this morning, as you stand up, you take one step out of the aisle and say, God, this is my first step. And God will reveal himself to you. How many people today say, Pastor, I want to do something for God. I want to obtain destiny in him. Come on, slip up your hands this morning. All over this place, there should be hands up. I want to ask you to come this morning. We're going to pray this morning. Come on. If you raised your hand for anything, please come. listening to our podcast here at Life Fellowship Church in Hearst, Texas. God is doing great things at our church, and we would like for you to be a part. Join us on Sundays at 10.30 a.m. and Wednesdays at 6.45 p.m. Get connected with us through Facebook or our website at www.lifefellowshiphearst.org. Thank you, and God bless.